All right, so it's 23 minutes past nine, and it's time for the Effective Living Series. As I said this week, I'm going into entrepreneurship. So I'm going to start with how to start. It's practical ideas. This, I like this guy because he's written a book on this. He's going to launch the book in March. And um, he's been uh, an entrepreneur his whole life, essentially. He's a young man who's a serial entrepreneur, corporate trainer, founder of ABN organization, a holding company with interest in real estate, multimedia, retail, and commerce. They are doing a major project in the Eastern region as I speak to you. IK, Edusa, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank it's you. good to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Did I describe you correctly? Serial entrepreneur, corporate trainer, uh, founder and CEO of ABN. I'm, I'm really flattered. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing stuff. So what are you talking about this morning? Okay, so today we are going to talk about the book, How to Start Small. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, basically we want young people to understand that there are legitimate ways of starting and growing a business. Great. And Ghana is not so much saturated or choked. There are so many opportunities available for everyone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like you said, we need to use common sense principles to decipher where the opportunities are and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So every global business first starts with, uh, at a local setting. You know, so if you want to build a multinational or you really see Amazon, you see Coca-Cola, they started at a particular point. Amazon started at Seattle, you know, and it's a local setting. And you, you see Jeff Bezos seated behind just one desk and having one computer starting a business. That's how the global giant started. Now, it's a colossus. Amazon is the biggest retailer in the world right now. You see, so starting small is actually the magic that would help you to actualize that dream of starting that great business or big business idea that you have. Hence the, hence the title, How to Start Small. That's correct. I see. So every business, no matter how large, starts local. That's correct. So you need to start within a locality. That's correct. Brilliant stuff. What else are you going to add? Yeah. So now the book is actually looking at all frontiers. So it's serialized. Mm -hmm. So if you are a young person below the age of 15, okay. you can read this book and, you know, it will be a benefit to you. If you're above 30, over 40, in the 50s, you know, all these categories are, you know, well taken care of as far as this book is concerned. So um, if you're a student or you're unemployed or you want to start your own business or you are an employee wanting to create multiple streams of income or you want to jump from an employee to business owner, this, this book is for you. Actually, I go on to say that um, the rich team invest in, their, in themselves to earn financial freedom. The poor team are not financially literate, so they never grow wealthy. You know, basically you have to know that everything starts with the mindset whether rich or poor, you have to really think that or believe that it's a mindset thing. Starting a business is a mindset thing. You know, um, Ford said that if you think you can or you can't, either way, you're right. You see, so basically when you're starting a business, let's say you're a student and you're in school, you need to understand that a university is nothing short of a whole universe in one city. One of my lecturers in my first day in his class, political science class, um, Dr. Agridaku, he did ask all of us what university actually meant. And, you know, we have students coming through dictionaries and all of that, <laughs> you know, checking, checking the, you know, uh, Google and all of that. Mm -hmm. They brought a myriad of uh, answers, but, mm -hmm. you know, Agridaku said, no, it's none of that. Mm -hmm. A university is nothing short of 
a whole universe, universe in a city. city. I like that. You see, so now everything that you want to actualize is in that city. You shouldn't look anywhere else. Now people say, if I complete school, I want to be X, Y, Z. No, what you're looking for is already there. You know, the employers that you are looking for, they are having workshops, conferences, seminars, and all of that. They invite them to come and speak. These are the very people who are going to employ you tomorrow. These are the very people going to help you to get some income to start a business. You see, so everything that you really want to do is already out there. But you have to really be cautious of this fact that if you're a student, your school may be there for decades or even centuries, but your time there is limited. Mm. You see? Mm. So you have to make use of all the opportunities that you find within this four-year scope if you're in a SHS probably three-year. So if somebody's in a university, you're saying that they can combine their school studies with some type of business. That's correct. Because they have a limited time there. Any ideas, any examples? Because some people feel, Charlie, you're in an university, steady pass, get a certificate, look for work and do. But you're saying, no, the university is not just to get certificate. You can start something there. That's correct. You know, so now you are looking at, you know, building entrepreneurship skills. To really survive at the top, you should know that the people at the top, they're not for there. They work their way to the top. You know, so you have to really build core entrepreneurship skill while you're already in school because that's what you need there. You know, it's not always about starting a business there, but it's about building the entrepreneurship skills which will help you along the way. How do you build such entrepreneurship skills? You can do internships, you know, and sometimes someone will say that, you know, I want to do an internship in X or Y company, but they are not paying me anything, so I won't do it. No. You need that skill. You have to work to learn. It's, you, you don't only have to work for money. Work to learn because the skill, the knowledge is going to help you along the way. So while you are in school, you can do some internship to learn how the corporate you know, system or the, the corporate sector works. You, know, you avail yourself so that you learn how they do their things. You know, how is management done at this point? You know, what am I supposed to do? So now, as an intern, your focus is to learn every aspect of the job. So you have to be as close to the boss as possible. Because, you know, unlike the other uh, staff or workers there who are only looking at what is on their, on their table, you are there for probably about two months or three. So try as much as possible to go to accounting people, ask them, so how is this thing done? Now you go to the finance guys, the marketing, every aspect of the business you learn so that you equip yourself with this core entrepreneurship skills as you are thinking of developing your business idea while you are there. Because these are the things that is going to keep you up. Aside that now you have a, fine, you have a business plan or business idea, you need a financial plan. You have to remember that your time in school is limited, so every penny counts. And people say that, no, you know, usually, I'm giving probably about 200, 300 cities a month. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do I even save and even think of investing my money? Probably by 15th, it's already gone. Mm. So how do I even do that? But, you know, you have to understand that as a student, no amount of money that you are giving mm -hmm. is actually going to be enough. If you are giving 500 cities, your lifestyle would have to appreciate to that level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, so when I was in school, you know, actually I was giving, you know, quite a scanty amount of money at the end of the month, like every other person. Mm -hmm. Our monies were not enough. I didn't have um, 
even all the people that I have, all the DBs and all of that, their monies were not enough. They're always looking for more. You see, I was given a scanty amount of money, but I told, I programmed myself and told myself that no, if I'm giving, say, 100 cities, I'm giving rather 70 cities. So the 30 is always going to go into something else. That's correct. You can never spend all the 100. That's correct. It's a mindset you develop for financials, even at the investing stage. That's correct. So now, you know, this money, you have to save it. Now, once you accumulate a little drop of water, actually make it, that's why they say make it my solution. So now you accumulate this money and you invest it. Before you inv invest, you have to think of saving, you see. So probably your 20 cities that you may think it's, it's too small, once you accumulate it, the compounding effects of money, you know, Einstein said is the eighth wonder of the world. Of course. You see? <laughs> so once you accumulate this money, you are able to have something substantial to invest. You probably get maybe some treasury bill or some mutual fund, invest in it. So that at the end of the four-year cycle, you would have something concrete. That you can then to use to start something. your dream. That's very interesting. Without a financial plan, your business plan is just a wish. And everyone and has one. So you're saying it's better to accumulate savings in an investment setting rather than simply depend on other people because some people say they start a business they need capital but from where you're saying it starts with you you need to invest in your own business that's correct. before you expect other people to put money in it that's correct so usually people want to say they are waiting for 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 people but in business you have to have more skin in the game to stay in the game mm. if you don't have anything to on the table you wouldn't have someone meet you halfway mm. you see it so how do you do it probably you don't even have the resources at all mm -hmm. but you have a well written down budget and a business plan mm. so that now if you meet a, an angel investor and say today i want to invest in your business mm. you know have so much money how much do you need and you, you know people who are not prepared will be dumbfounded be like ah, okay so probably give, give me a million <laughs> they don't know because they haven't put a plan in place yes they don't know that pre preparing to start a business is an integral part of starting a business. Interesting. This is Effective Living Series. We're talking to Ike Duse, who's an author and an entrepreneur. It's actually, our presentation today is based on a book he's launching in March called How to Start Small, Financial Skills for Business Success. It's more like an entrepreneurship handbook. Now, he's saying you can start whether you're 15 or 50. So just elaborate on that. So starting is not just for young people, right? Because I noticed in the book you've written, whether you are below 30 or above 40 or whatever, you can still start small. So it's it's more a mindset than an age. But there's something in the book you call the business mindset theory. What's that? Yeah, yeah the business mindset theory, it's, you know, a theory of working hard and working smart. Mm. You know, people feel that you have to work so hard in order to, you know, get the big things that you want from your business mm -hmm. for example maybe you want your business to afford you a bmw mm. you see so you, you have to work hard so now seeing that dream from afar it scares you you know right now my business generates only 100 cities a month so mm -hmm. when am i going to have my business you know get me that mm -hmm. it's a question of working hard and working smart it's a it's it's a mindset theory so now this theory actually wants to disprove the fact that you have to always think of you know doing the hard work mm -hmm. bill gates once said i would rather employ the lazy one to do the job because now the lazy one will find an easier way to do it 
That's see? interesting. So all the time you want to have something that we call a quantum leap. Mm. You know, if you are thinking of only uh, arithmetic growth, where you have a one plus one two, rather than a geometric, or probably have a quantum leap, mm -hmm. then you are not really thinking smart. You are thinking, you know, the you know the hard way. Business is not always about doing the hard. We get the fundamentals by doing the hard things. Mm. You are getting the fundamentals done. Going to work from probably um, 2 a.m. or let's say 5 a.m. and closing at 12 noon is the hard thing to do, especially when you're starting your business. You know, you have to do it. But as you build the structures and you are actually expanding or scaling, at that point, you have to think of smarter ways to do the thing that you have been doing probably for two years. Now you have to hire the best people. Mm -hmm. You see? So, you know, Jack Ma did say that. Jack Ma said he doesn't know anything about computing. He doesn't know anything about software or hardware or programming. Mm. But he owns one of the biggest retail uh, 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 businesses in the world. Mm -hmm. You see, Alibaba right now is a global giant run by someone who doesn't know anything about IT. But the whole thing is about IT. Mm -hmm. So he thought of, how do I assemble the, the best people? Mm. That's a smart way of doing the work. I see. So let's go to chapter 12. You spoke about the checklist for starting a business. And I noticed you have idea, and then you have the, uh, I think you call it the brainstorming. And then you have um, a business plan. Okay, so before I come to idea, when you say a business plan, you deal with the components of a business plan. So just walk me through that briefly. This is, I think, page 177 for people to get that because I was at a program this week and people were asking me about business plans. How do you go about it? I think you give a breakdown on page 177. Just walk me through. What's a business plan and what are the main components? What should a business plan involve and how do you put it together? Okay, thank you very much. So with a business plan uh, as outlined in the book because I have to be very accurate, um, we look at the ex executive summary. Um, usually people present a business plan and the exec executive sorry, summary is almost about three pages. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, no one is interested in, you know, whichever idea that you have. They're only looking for what is it that would benefit them, uh -huh. you see. So at the end of the day, your executive summary should be, should be short, should be brief. You should have all the valuable points, you know, well written down, within a short space. Okay. But make sure you don't omit anything relating to probably your budget, how you are going to actualize your dreams and all of that. Make sure you squeeze everything in a very short space. That's executive summary. With executive summary. Now you have to go to your business description. With business description, that is your own understanding of your business. If you don't understand the business that you want to run, then how do you get someone to invest in it? So you have to describe it in such a way that whoever wants to invest in your business would go a long way to probably do whichever amount they have to support your business. Mm. If they are venture capitalists, you have to make sure that they have all the guarantees that they need in order to invest in your business. But mind you, venture capitalists do not invest in startups. They invest in businesses that are already up and doing. Mm -hmm. You have to check your market analysis. You know, where do you stand in the business? In the market circles? You know, what is the chances that in the next five years you are going to survive? Mm -hmm. Who is your greatest competitor? You see? So, you know, Thomas Edison uh, made a very big mistake when J.P. Morgan wanted to invest in his business. He asked him, uh, you know, with the electric bulb business, 
do you have a competition? He said, no. <laughs> Not one that I can think of. But mind you, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, was there. Was someone who was uh, his apprentice, but he didn't check him as a competition. And later on, Westinghouse came to invest in Tesla's business. Now, JP Morgan came back to him with a tabloid, with the newspapers, and like, you've seen, do you know this guy? Yeah, he said, yeah, this guy was my apprentice. He is your competition right now. Mm. You have to check to exhaust all the competition that you have within that sector. Check your market analysis. Do a very, very robust work so that if you present your business idea to an investor, the person knows that you are thorough. You have exhausted all the avenues, all the angles, so that they wouldn't put their money at the very... Uh, risky. So we have the executive risky. summary, the business description, and the market analysis. What else do we have? Yeah. So you have to get um, your management team in place. With the management team, um, you have to really start by listing the, ver the, the creme de la cremes. Because now, once you put the creme de la cremes there, people really, you know, who are award-winning, who have the integrity, who have really done the work, you know, to the admiration of all, at least they have some credentials to show whether, you know, on the job or academic-wise, you have to list these people so that it will impress whoever is investing in your business. Now, XYZ is the one doing the job. So it tells you that, no, this is a very good business, viable one that I can really invest in. So that's your management team. And that would typically be people you've worked with and know. That's correct. Because you are starting small. So I'm not sure I'm going to go and hire. You are not ready to hire strangers now. You're dealing with your own team, let right? Me, or how? What do you mean by that? Yeah, let me tell you how status can deal with this one sometimes you have to assemble a board of advisors okay you know and in assembling board of advisors they are not directly involved in the business mm -hmm. but once they are notable people in society who are advising you and you put their names as part of your business but mind you, you have to speak to these people before mm -hmm. and once you list them as part of your business it's it shoots your business integrity so high mm -hmm. with them mm -hmm. you see so these people are part of your management but quote-unquote management because they are advising you to do the job you see so if you're a startup you can think of some of these creative ways of bringing them and at the end of the day your work is to impress whoever wants to invest in your business mm. but as long as you do the right thing speak to the people you are very humble and you get these people to join your business and as advisors they would help you to build your integrity mm. which you need to create that social capital for your business to sustain itself at the long run. So that's the management team. Yeah. What about your, your next point on the, the business plan? What else do you need? Yes, you need your sales strategies. You know, you, you have to get your sales right. The lifeblood of every business is sales. Mm. You have to know that every single business has to involve sales. I had someone who wanted to start a certain business. He brought his business plan and whole thing to me. And I saw that he wants to run um, a local you know, handy work kind of thing. You mm -hmm. know, they do car wash, they do almost everything. Yeah. At the local... They do, so they, they come to a house, they clean, they clean, scrub, they scrub do stuff, yeah. Yeah. And I asked myself, you know, you, this gentleman, I know you. Are you sure you are going to be able to scrub someone's house? <laughs> are you going to be able to clean someone's, uh, uh, you know, or with someone's compound? No, you can do it. So how do you expect yourself to get someone who will do the work in your stead? You have to be the first champion of your business. You have to put yourself out there to mm -hmm. market your business. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You go to do the work. Doing the work is what generates the leads. It's what generates the income. Mm. But here's the case. This young man cannot go and do the weeding and cleaning. 
So the business is dead on arrival. Mm. <laughs> you see, so that business idea has to be scrapped and something else has to be reinstated because your sales strategy should be such that whoever wants to invest in your business knows that in the next three, four years, mm. I'm going to have a steady income coming in. Mm. You have to convince whoever wants to push the business in, uh, money in the business so that they know you understand your business. That's the first point of call. Mm. Before you can sell anything to someone, you have to understand what you're selling. And that is very, very important. So that's your sales strategy. Yeah. What else do you need in that business plan? You need to have budgeting. Your budget? Yeah. Your budget that's a big one. Your budget should be a very concrete thing. Mm. Like I did say, um, someone meets an angel investor and says, you know, how much do you need to start your business? And the person would be scratching the head because the person hasn't really s sat down to do a thorough, you know, analysis of what the person needs in order to actualize that dream. So mm. you have to budget everything. You know, you have to put down the nail, you have to put down the wood, you have to put down every single detail mm. so that whoever is trying to help you knows that, no, this guy knows his job, mm. you see. So that nothing comes um, ahead of you. Sometimes you may start a business and because you are, you didn't do a proper budget and with miscellaneous, at the end of the day, you realize that, no, I needed this thing. Some two years ago, I didn't figure it out early. So my competitor has already gotten it and is run away with it. Mm. You see, so you have to get your budget to be as thorough as possible. Get a five-year, you know, uh, budget plan, because people want to know whether your business is going to survive. You know, mind you, uh, nine out of ten businesses fail in the first five years, mm. and out of the nine businesses, uh, one business that survive, ninety percent or eighty percent of that go on to fill in the next five years. So Failure rate is very high. So your chances of survival, <clears throat> you know, has to be proven through your budgeting, projected in the next five years. This is how this aspect of my business is going to generate X amount of money for me to, you know, as it were, carry the business through to the next five or ten years as mm -hmm. we're moving forward. So you have to get a very exhaustive budget. Mm -hmm. And uh, it leads us to the financial projections. You know, your financial projections stems from your budget because now once you have been able to have a very cogent a very you know up-to-date budget you are able to properly project into the future how much your business is going to you know because now whoever lends money to you is going to ask it, when am i getting my money back and how much am i getting at the end of the day so once you're able to properly find you know do uh, financial projections you end up impressing whoever wants to put money in your business that no, if I put maybe X amount of money here in the next five years, I'm going to get my money back with X amount of money added on top. You see, so that is how you do it mm. in order to get a proper business plan well written down. Interesting stuff from uh, IK Dusay, my guest, on how to start a business. Although it does say in the book that even though you need to do a business plan, it doesn't have to necessarily be written down, uh, but you must have the basic framework of your business ahead of you if you have a question send it to 054-998-6996 this is effective living series we're talking how to start small and grow big and my guest is an entrepreneur who's into all kinds of things including real estate multimedia retail and commerce so when did you start entrepreneur when did you start doing your own company yeah so i started way 
back from the senior high school. Secondary school? Yeah. In the senior high school, I was part of uh, an investment club in Brimber College known as uh, the Young Investors Club. Mm -hmm. And actually, I was the secretary. Okay. Uh, I, I did general arts. So that should tell you that, no, this guy is interested in something outside his scope. But I needed to learn, you know, multi disciplinary uh, programs in order to build to build me up because now after studying geography studying economics studying French and all of that at the junior high school level I felt that no I can add business to it by joining the business uh, you know. so I, I started by you know saving and investing through the club and at the end of the day I was able to generate some 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 good amount of money but when you read a book you come to realize what happened to 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 the money uh that i raised at the end of the three year staying uh at primary college and, and you continued with entrepreneurship whilst in the university as well yeah at the university i started my own student organization so i was one of the few students on campus that registered a student organization back on campus and listeners would you know bear with me that i have been almost all over the place with my my programs and my projects, my workshops and my seminars, training people, you know. And um, I have an NGO, Africa Business Network, out of which the ABN organization actually came. And what does the ABN organization do? The ABN organization is a parent company. So we have um, a number of interests. So we have interest in real estate. We have done land banking. We have um, lands in three regions, Ghana at the moment, Central region, Greater Accra, and the Eastern region. And uh, we are currently developing one of our properties uh, down there. You're, you're a big man. <laughs> wow. All right, uh, a few quick questions. Mr. Ben, uh, tell IK kudos to him. He's indeed a smart guy. I knew him during my NSS in Howard Hospital in OCM. I'm James Mauli. Bernard, most business owners will start as self-employed. Please ask me, say, do say, what tax advice he has for self-employed people in Ghana? There's no name attached to the question. Okay. So uh, you have to do your business and do it right. So how do you do it right? Uh, in Ghana, we really, the government is trying to give uh, startups some holiday, especially in the next five or ten years as they start. But m mind you, you have to register your business. You have to get the business well registered with the Registrar General's Department. Because now once you do that, you protect the integrity of your business and you also protect the fact that someone doesn't go ahead to steal your business uh, name. You have, you have a lot of people coming to start a business and their business names are not registered. So they find out five years, 10 years later that no, someone has registered. So they have to change the whole thing. And you know, that goes ahead to help uh, to change your letterheads, to change your signages, to change all these are costs that you want to avoid. So in doing the right thing, you start by registering. If you are in a local assembly, register with the local assembly. They register businesses there and make sure you pay your due as you are there. But mind you, all these things are going to contribute to helping expand uh, the area within which you work because you need electricity to work, you need roads to function, you need all these things. So businesses help to really build the state. America was built on the back of businesses, mm. you know. So we have someone like Vanderbilt built the whole uh, railway system in America all by himself. J.P. Morgan built out the United States from his own business. You see, so businesses are have to be supported anyway because now you have to look at the other side of it, whether the government is creating the enabling environment to help the average young entrepreneur to succeed <coughs> and all of that. These are all things. <coughs> Bernard, please, I've started a new business. I offer accounting services for schools. I realize most of them don't have accountants and have very poor data records. What advice can he give? This is Richard Isiama from Tema. Yeah, whatever you record can be measured. 
if you are starting a business and you don't have any proper accurate record keeping it tells you that your business is dead on arrival because you know you are not going to have a very healthy cash flow cash flow is what survives the business whether it's positive or negative you have a negative cash flow when your 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 business is such that you don't ge you don't generate revenue but the revenue the revenues that you generate end up as an expenditure, which may be a personal expenditure, not a business expenditure. You know, your cash flow can be positive when your your expenses that you're having is helping you to get more revenue. How do you do that? So basically, you have to factor in proper record keeping. How much did I make today? I made 200 cities. Okay, I'm just starting um, a business to repair tech gadgets and i'm thinking of building a brand i'm not just doing it on the tabletop so i'm doing the right thing. i've registered my business at the uh local assembly i've you know gotten a shop i'm branding and all of that so you have the next thing you need to do is to have a proper record you know kept if you cannot do that yourself hire someone to keep your records because your records will help to build your business as you are moving along now because sometime later in your business you want to go and assess credit and people would want to find out okay what did you do with your money five years ago up till now you know if you're able to check the trajectory and you know bring something that is well worthy of um, the kind of investment that you need you'll be giving but if you don't have it what do you present it means you are killing your business from the start. So record keeping is something that you have to look at at every step in a business. But most importantly, so that startup. that helps you understand how you how well you're doing as well. Because otherwise, there's no way of knowing if you're on the right path or not. More questions. I've been Adam hooked to the book already. Can't wait to dig in. How can I get a hand on one? Uh, this is no name attached. So this book, when is it launched? Yeah. So I'm launching the book on the eighth Sunday, eighth of March. Okay. Um, it's going to happen at the AMA Auditorium at the Octagon. Okay. So, you know, if wherever you are, you can... So I'm sure you'll tell us more as the date approaches. So this is over a month away, 8th March, and it's called How to Start Small. Will it be on Amazon? It's on Amazon right now. It's selling... You should put it on Book Nook as well. It's a Ghanaian... Um, Great uh, platform for selling books. Yeah, I've approached Nana. Nana yeah, Nana, Nana read them. Nana, yes, put it on Booknook. It will work. Uh, hi, Bernard. Uh, what's the name of the book? Where can I get a copy? So, the book is called How to Start Small Financial Skills for Business Success. It's an easy read. It's not difficult. It's very simple. He divides it into units instead of chapters. So, he makes it pretty kinky. And he starts with a uh, sort of interesting quotes throughout. And he divides it into... It's, it's a really sort of um, handbook. So you can reference it. So instead of going through, or you can decide, to, let me go to chapter 12. How do I do a business plan? Just go there, take some notes, and then work it out. Instead of, since it's not a book you say, let me read from page one to page last. It's more like a handbook you can use. Uh, that's Mike from Kasua. Okay, so, uh, Ike, what's your message to the young people who a lot of pressure is being put on to start their own companies? Look, there are lots of major programs that are now saying people cannot get work. Young university graduates must have the entrepreneurial mindset right just your final comments for people like that how they can have the right mindset to start on their own because the kind of economy you have is not going to employ that many people that's correct mm. um you know africa i did tell someone that africa is the last frontier all the opportunities are here the whole world is looking at africa as the last frontier now they're exhausting all the opportunities within their domain and now everyone will be coming to africa at the end of the day so we are here the real estate spaces are there. 
how, how much land have we gathered for ourselves for the future? Are we waiting for the Chinese to come take our lands? We know how the Mau Mau thing happened in Kenya, you know, where you know they sacked them, but, but now they are coming. You have multinationals owning, owning very hard, you know, large tracts of, of land in Ghana, but how many young people are thinking about these things? You see it. But entrepreneurship is what builds or what builds nations. Germany was, is building back of entrepreneurship. America is probably, you know, the foremost nation when it comes to modern day entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Because the likes of Andrew Carnegie, who is arguably the wealthiest person who have traversed the surface of the earth, started from the rock to richest thing. And rock to rich, richest thing is is a healthy thing because now he has put food on a lot of tables for people. You see, so how do you, you know, survive within an economy which has so much potential? Mm. Because wherever the problems are, we shouldn't focus on the problems. We should focus on the solutions. Because where there are problems, out of these problems come or birth businesses. Airbnb came because someone felt that, no, I need to have some space within someone's vacation home. I don't own one. So someone thought of that idea. Lift came mm -hmm. because we all know, oh, I need someone to give me a lift. And someone created a business out of it. Someone wanted to check the direction to the next place. So Google Map was actually, you know, so all these things come out of problems. So we have to look within our immediate communities and find the problems that are there so that we can solve these problems to make to make some decent thing out of it. We can also hire people, put food on people's table and all of that. So at the end of the day, we should know that entrepreneurship is a very healthy thing. It's not a question of say, you are only trying to amass wealth for yourself. No, but you are building a country. Mm. Countries are built on the back of entrepreneurship. Brilliant. Okay, do say my guest with a book that he launched in March. So yesterday we dealt with a book called Unretirement. And today my author is Ike Duse, How to Start Small Financial Skills for Business Success. He launches it in March. The book is 240 pages. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Ike, for being on the show. And that's all we have time for for today's edition. Uh, somebody had a question quickly. Ben, I have a plan to get a container and start a textile and other business like Melcom. Please advise. <laughs> it's, it's good that you mentioned Melcom. Mm. Now, because now, and I like that, because now you mentioned Melcom because you are talking about a brand. So now you have to think about this in context. Which kind of brand are you building? Now, I have the ABN organization. I'm building ABN. Now, what are you building? Which kind of brand are you putting out there? You see, so think of how Melcom has branded itself Try and do some internship with Melcom. You know, try and get some some foremost idea, which are very refined, not the crude one that you're having. And you do that by doing internship. Personally, I did some internship with some real estate firm for one month. I wrote application to do internship, and they saw my credentials. They were like, are you sure you are coming for as an intern or you are looking for a job? I said, I, I want to be an intern. Just keep me. Just I carried all the concrete that they have to do. But I was able to bond with the boss for him to teach me everything within the business within the scope of six months. And after six months, I started my first consultancy. I got a, a consultant who gave me the money that I would have earned in a six month in one day. Wow. So you have to learn from, 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 from these you know, brands to, to see how you can also turn your brand around or your business around into a brand which is appreciable mm. uh, in the future. Great thoughts coming in there. 97.3 CDFM.
the, tomorrow we continue with the conversation on practical business ideas for people in the informal sector that's my topic for tomorrow and then on thursday i'm going to focus more on raising money for your business and then on friday we're going to wrap up with michael Ohiniefa, and he's going to get us into the discipline of execution that's uh, putting into practice all that we've learned over the month of uh, january uh, 